Thank you for joining me again in a new episode of Paranormally Speaking. But first, a word from our sponsor. Roswell, UFOs, flying saucers, alien abduction. Are we alone? Information regarding this and many other questions about the unknown are only a click away at www.theufostore.com. Theufostore.com offers hundreds of DVDs about UFOs, aliens, crop circles, conspiracies, Bigfoot, suppressed science, ancient mysteries. Log on to www.theufostore.com and request a free UFO store catalog. Theufostore.com, the largest selection of UFO products on the Internet. Now, these are some great reviews I'm about to read. This is uh, one reason I keep writing, because obviously my words are making an impact in a positive way. Sure, there's going to be negativity. There's going to be people that are not going to like what I write or not like the way I write. But all it does is inspire me to be better than the last book I released. Now, this top review is for my very first book that I released, Paranormal Chronicles, Tales of Humor, Horror, and the Absolutely Strange. This was a way for me to test the waters as an author to see if people would actually take me seriously and want to read what I've experienced, what I've been told, what I've seen with my own eyes, or what I'm writing from just a story that's been relayed to me. This top review says, I've wanted this book for years. I'm so happy that I finally got it. Thank you so much for that. That was from Country Boy 2448 uh, Next review is from a fellow author named Parker Stevens. She says, I really enjoyed this book because it was well-researched and you can tell that the author loves what he does. You can tell by reading this book that this is near and dear to him. Loved it. Well, that was awfully nice of you. Thank you so much for that, Parker Stevens. Another Amazon customer, it's anonymous, says, this is a great story. I like learning about anything in Ohio. It's fun to bring up in conversation and have a book to use as reference with real-life research. Very awesome. Thank you so much for that anonymous from Amazon. Another anonymous says, Neil is a great writer and I enjoy his work. He is a native of Chillicothe and I know he works diligently to provide accurate information. Thank you so much for that anonymous. And the next review is by M. Moretta. It uh, says, I was very impressed with this short story compilation. I highly recommend this book to all book lovers. You will get pulled in right away. Well, thank you so much for my fans and for the kind words you put on to the reviews and inspiring me to do great and better things and to be a better person in general and to not lose that, that flair that I have within a creative streak and to continue to provide worthwhile stories that more and more people and the same that already like my stuff will continue to read. And now I'll be reading book reviews. Reviews people have actually left online through Amazon and various other book retailers about what they think of my books. For example, my third book, Haunted Holidays, which received a literary award in 2014, this person who purchased the book states that it's a very enjoyable read of local haunts. 
interesting tales of things that most people have heard stories of over the years. Looking forward to reading more from Mr. Neil Parks. Well, thank you very much, Racer93. I truly appreciate the five-star rating and the stellar review. Uh, Next up, this person who posted this on March 15th of 2019. They're listed uh, anonymously as just an Amazon customer. They also gave me five-star review. I appreciate that. It states, I have found a read I can fit into my busy life and actually finish. Great story and easy to follow. When you need to escape for a bit. That's really awesome of you. I truly appreciate that. Um, Amazon customer who put this post up on March 15th, 2019. Uh, This one comes uh, from a customer or a person by the name of Peggy L. Placier or Placier. Uh, This was on March 26th of 2013. And she states, Zero stars if possible. This book is poorly written, appears not to have been edited by anyone with any knowledge of English grammar, and the stories are hackneyed and ridiculous. Hackneyed is uh, another word for predictable. I bought it for fun and local interest because I'm from the writer's hometown. Then I found it to be unintentionally hilarious because of all the writing problems. The writer seems to think he is a serious author. And she gave me one star, which uh, says a lot. At least I got a star. And even though this write-up is incredibly insulting and completely false, I I still uh, take it as a form of flattery. So I did some research on uh, considering the fact that she's from my hometown, or so she alleges. Her name is Peggy L. Placier. She's from Chillicothe, Ohio. And turns out, back in 2011, what happened between uh, Miss Placier and I hit me like a ton of bricks because it was brought to my attention after speaking with a few other people that um, I know very well and who have read most of my books, if not all of them. So the interesting thing about Peggy, turns out after speaking with a few of my associates and people I know really well, she is an individual who contacted me several years ago. It's 2011, as I mentioned before. She wanted me to investigate her home and declare it, have it declared haunted. Wanted me to put my seal of approval on it, which I'm very skeptical about doing, regardless of who you are, who you know, or if I know you really well. So push comes to shove, I walk through... I uh, set up some equipment, I get a feel of the place, I let my spidey sense run its course, and turns out she set a lot of things in motion in the house to try and fool me into thinking that there was paranormal activity, Uh, setting up traps, trying to make things create noises. She actually had someone hidden in a uh, secret closet room area that was sealed off. And she had them walking between parts of the walls and trying to create noises and scratching at the walls. And I found all this out and in my conclusion and letting everyone know that she was faking the paranormal activity in her home, which really pissed her off. Uh, She was wanting to be on the circuit for our uh, ghost walks and our ghost tours, walkthroughs, and properties, and so forth, because she was a part of the historical downtown district. That's where her property was located, uh, which is central to uh, the town itself. 
And when that came out, she tried to badmouth me, tried to drag me through the mud, tried to make me look like a fraud. So she decides to hop on Amazon and write a nasty review about my third and most accomplished book, Haunted Holidays. In fact, the one that uh, ended up winning a literary award and has won a People's Choice Award and has been featured in different documentaries and mentioned by uh, several other well-established authors. Uh, Somehow she thought that it would be helpful to do that and, I guess, try to ruin me for herself. Didn't work, though, did it, Peggy? So another review would be from uh, Josh Montgomery. He gave me a five-star review. It says, Great writer. Neil is a great writer, and I enjoy his work. He is a native of Chillicothe, and I know he works diligently to provide accurate information. Uh, That's a very helpful review, Mr. Montgomery. Thank you so much for that. Imagine no longer being tied down to your computer, but having the freedom to take live talk radio with you anywhere you go. TalkStream Live introduces our first ever iPhone application. The talk shows you follow now follow you. And your iPhone is now the fastest and easiest way to stay connected to the best talk radio on the Internet. Listen to live talk shows 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Mobile talk radio from TalkStream Live. Now available in the iTunes App Store. Now that I got that out of my system, I'll continue on with the reviews. This one is from uh, Marcus McKillop. Gave me five stars on the review for Haunted Chillicothe, a perfect blend of small-town history and paranormal interest. Christopher D. Sams gave me a five-star review and said, Great read, scary, and fun. I borrowed this from my wife. It is a great collection of stories of local paranormal activity from around the area I grew up. Mike B. says, good, but not as good as his first book. Uh, This book gets pretty good near the middle. I found myself getting a little bored in the beginning. This book was very different from his first. It wasn't as personal as Paranormal Chronicles, Tales of Humor, Horror, and the Absolutely Strange. I am so ready for his upcoming third book. I've had a glimpse of that piece. It is truly outstanding. Neil Parks is a wonderful author with a brilliant mind. Hey, thank you, Mike. Great things are coming from him. Two people found that helpful. That's really cool. Uh, This person gave me three stars out of five. The next review. Mr. Parks has written better. I've read his first book, third book, and samples of a soon-to-be-released fourth book. He's a gifted storyteller and has decades of paranormal research experience. Haunted Chillicothe wasn't my favorite book from Neil. It was a little boring and felt too dry in the retelling. Keep watching for his books. He's better than this book shows him as being. Well, that's fair enough. I mean, if you don't like the book and it's too much um, of uh, like a narrative retelling or too much in a documentary format and that's not your thing, that makes sense. I can't fault you for that. Parker Stevens gave me five stars. What an amazing paranormal read. I thought this book was interesting and well-written. I live in Chillicothe and loved hearing a new spin on some local lore. I particularly love the fact that this is scary enough for adults, but also kid-friendly. I love the personal spin each story has. I love the story, The Soldier by the River, the best. Uh, Well, that's great, but Soldier by the River was not in Haunted Chillicothe. That was in Haunted Enough. 
But anyway, uh, five-star review, great, I'll take it. Uh, really cool, though, I, I truly appreciate that. Uh, all of you who have sent reviews, good reviews especially, I, I thank you for that. Those that sent not-so-good reviews, stop hating. Uh, Angela Dawn gave me four out of five stars and said, Spooky and entertaining. I enjoyed Neil's telling of my adopted hometown's paranormal history and lore. Thank you, Angela. This is from an anonymous Amazon customer. They gave me five stars. A big hit on Family Book Club Night. I like the book. My 11-year-old loved it. She loves to read about paranormal activity, especially when it's based on real-life experiences and well-known places with a lot of history. I was thrilled to find a kid-friendly book that was also an enjoyable read for adults. Great for Family Book Club. We can't wait for the next one. Well, I can't wait to continue writing and hopefully continue to entertain more and more people for decades to come. Paranormal. The word paranormal denotes experiences that are outside the norm and beyond scientific explanation. Even so, these events from supernatural phenomena to extrasensory perception to ghosts, aliens, and UFOs take on a life of their own in pop culture. That's where live science comes in. The reporters dig into the latest paranormal news to debunk and even explain the science of what's really causing these seemingly supernatural. Related topics to this, that being aliens, religion, life's little mysteries, so on and so forth. Live science is an excellent resource to go through. I especially love the book reviews written about my award-winning book, Haunted Holidays. This is what people are saying about this book. Neil Parks has done it again. Haunting at its best. Haunted Holidays is filled with non-stop paranormal action, from Halloween all the way to New Year. Haunted Holidays reveals horrifying true paranormal encounters. Mind-blowing. You won't be able to put this book down. Spectacular stocking stuffer. For the holidays or any time of the year. Haunted Holidays has my two thumbs up, along with a five-star rating. And that's from Karen Vance Hammond, author of Shoe Marks. Uh, next one is from a 6th grade reading teacher from Ohio. That's what she put in the review. I just needed to say that I have just finished reading Neil's third book, Haunted Holidays. It is so good, and I'm so incredibly proud of him. It is truly scary and also a great testimony of, to faith. If you are looking for a great read, digitally download it now or buy it in paperback. Now, this next review says this book was terrific. It was super well-written, interesting, and spooky. I absolutely loved how the book tied an individual holiday and showed how ghosts can be found in each of them. I am a teacher, and I think each of these stories will make great read-alouds as we get close to each holiday season because they are short and can be read within a few minutes. Additionally, I love how this book showed that ghosts can actually be angels, too really entertaining and that was from initials dh who was also a school teacher and this is from megan floyd with elite entertainment very enjoyable read of local haunts interesting tales of things that most have heard stories of over the years looking forward to reading more from neil parks 
And the last review for this book, for Neil Parks, the holiday season begins a little earlier than for most folks, although he's hoping to in some way change that feeling. The local paranormal investigator's third book, Haunted Holidays, features a series of 12 short stories about paranormal phenomenon experienced in the periods between Halloween and New Year's Eve. And that is from hellnotes.com. Look them up. Moving along to the book reviews for my newest book, which was released in spring of 2018. That one is titled Haunted Enough, with a question mark at the end. Nice play on grammar and punctuation. This review is from Mike B. He says, The scariest book I've read in a while. This is an awesome horror paranormal short story book. This is the scariest book Neil Parks has written so far. And he gave me a five-star review. Thank you very much for that, Mike B. Uh, this one is from, it just says, Amazon user. It says, five-star review. Good, thank you. Great writer. Neil is a great writer, and I enjoy his work. Well, thank you so much for that, Anonymous from Amazon. Uh, this one is from Parker Stevens. Uh, she is another author. She says, chilling, five-star review. This book was a fun, scary read. I probably should have read it in the daytime, though, because it had me jumping. Excellent read. Thank you so much for that, Parker Stevens. And the next one is from another Amazon customer that's anonymous. It says, very entertaining, five stars. I'm from Ohio. I was happy to read this book and go on a thrilling adventure. Looking forward to my next one. Kudos to you, Neil. We enjoy reading your books. Well, I appreciate that very much, Anonymous from Amazon. Uh, next book I'm going to read the reviews from is from uh, my second book, Haunted Chillicothe. And this one was released in 2010. Uh, this person says, uh, named Jay Lutz. Uh, five stars. Thank you for that, Jay. Says, I happen to know Mr. Neil Parks personally. Thank you for that and the five-star review. I'm glad to know you. Uh, this person is listed as Buckeye36. Not sure who this is, but they gave me a one star. They say, very disappointing. Do not buy this book. It was very disappointing and seems to be written at a fifth grade level. The stories are not detailed and are very vague. Most of the material seems to have been taken verbatim from the Forgotten Ohio website, which makes me question the validity of the experiences. Also, there are some very glaring grammatical mistakes, misspelled words, missing words, awkward phrasing, which is very annoying, poorly edited and written. This area has a rich paranormal history that provides ample opportunity for a more in-depth and detailed book to be written. Chris Woodyard's Haunted Ohio series is much better. Stay away from this book and save yourself $15. Good news, it's on sale for $9.99 now. I really wish I could get my money back. Well, look me up. I'll be happy to give you your money back, Buckeye36. I'll give you $15 and some tax back. I really wish I could get my money back. Very surprised Amazon would allow a book of this caliber to be sold on its site. Uh, the interesting thing about um, what you stated with um, the Forgotten Ohio website is I provided uh, all the content and stories for that website and helped the web publisher write it. So, yeah, there's going to be some 
comparisons and the stories themselves because I wrote the whole thing. The seven most haunted locations in the United States. Paranormal places. You don't need to believe in ghosts to enjoy a ghost story. The tales that have grown over generations around reputable haunted places can take on a fantastic life of their own and folklore. And the stories that surround a place can influence our experiences of them. All it takes is a creepy place, a touch of imagination, and a glimpse of something unexpected. Only half seen. So prepare to suspend your belief for this countdown of the histories of seven of the most haunted places in the United States. Waverly Hill Sanitarium. I'm sure everyone has heard of this if you've ever watched any of the most recent uh, paranormal-related documentary-type programs. It's a uh, grim, bat-winged building is the archetype of the, host, the haunted hospital or insane asylum, whatever you want to call it. It's based in Louisville, Kentucky. The first hospital on this windswept hill on the edge of Louisville was built in 1910 to uh, treat... Am I calling it Louisville? That is embarrassing, since I am more than familiar with the Louisville slugger. Louisville! I'm very sorry to all of my listeners in Louisville. It is not Louisville. That's like calling Illinois, Illinois. Anyway, it was built in 1910 to treat victims of the White Plague, tuberculosis, that was ravaging the country at that time. At the time, there were uh, no known cures for the disease and was often fatal. In some cases, doctors tried experimental methods to help ease the symptoms, and stories emerged of illicit medical experiments in which the cure often proved as fatal as the disease. Certainly, the sanatorium was the scene of many deaths over the years, although claims that more than 60,000 patients died there are exaggerated, according to surviving records from the hospital. Historians say the real number was likely closer to 8,000, which a total of 152 deaths in 1945 was listed as the worst year of the epidemic. Waverly Hills served as a geriatric hospital from the 1960s to the 1980s, and several stories about the spooky old hospital are based on rumors from this time that the patients were mistreated, including claims that radical treatments such as electroshock therapy were used. In the years since Waverly Hills was closed for good, wanderers, thrill-seekers, and ghost hunters who find their way inside the building have told of slamming doors and strange noises in the deserted building. Others reported hearing footsteps and the screams of patients have been heard from empty rooms. Ghostly shadows, forms, and so forth have been said to gather in the building's dark recesses and are said to follow visitors through the narrow corridors. Phantom footsteps and voices reportedly echo along the death tunnel or body chute, an underground tunnel that leads from the hospital to railway tracks at the bottom of the hill to transport the dead away from the hospital where the living patients would not see them. Several stories center on the fifth floor of the hospital where tuberculosis patients 
with mental disturbances were reportedly treated, in particular room 502, where two nurses are said to have killed themselves, one by hanging and the other by jumping to her death. It is said to be haunted. Some visitors claim to have seen mysterious shapes moving in the windows or have heard voices telling them to get out. Hello, kids and adults in the listening audience. I'm Neil Parks, award-winning author and paranormal expert. I'd like to wish all of you a very happy Halloween. You're listening to Big Bad Daddy Wolf's Halloween special on 96.6, The Wolf. If you'd like to learn more about me, then you need to Google search at The Neil Parks or my bookstore website, www.lulu.com slash spotlight slash Neil Parks. Thank you. Crop formations, or crop circles, as they're commonly known as being called. Who's making them? Why are they making them? Where's the source coming from? Some believe that it's an ancient earthen technology that's been created by some mystical unseen force that science doesn't acknowledge nor will they even begin to understand or accept it that's creating these things from the ground up others say that it's some celestial being a hybrid race a highly technologically advanced race creating these strange hieroglyphics mixed with geometric patterns the interesting thing is when coming upon the site of a crop formation uh, I myself have been to several when sampling the soil that is within the formation itself you'll notice that there's a like a soot to it it becomes almost ashen like but at the same time there's metallic properties that are within the soil all of a sudden as if it's been distorted the molecules have been changed also the crops that are within the formation are swollen and slumped over as if heated Something with extreme heat, a high level of radiation uh, that gives off a metallic residue uh, is causing these things. Uh, this is not just the ones I've investigated. It's not your typical run-of-the-mill crop circle that some drunken hillbilly made with a 2 by 4 or they went out with four-wheelers and just ran all over the crops and, and made a symbol. Uh, this isn't it at all. There are those instances where they've been faked. A uh, circle can easily be faked if it's just that, a circle. But then you have these intricate designs and geometric patterns that would require you to have eyes from above in order to guide you and pinpoint you to where you need to put the crops or bend them or fold them. It would take entirely too many people, entirely too much time, and would easily be seen by anyone in the area when someone's trying to fake it like that to make it that extreme it's just impossible now the impossible thing or those that can't fathom the reality that some higher celestial race is creating these things from a far off distant area or maybe they are coming close enough to us and they are cloaked and creating these things to try and communicate with us and we're just not smart enough to know what the heck they're trying to say. And until we are smart enough to understand what they're trying to convey in these messages, then maybe we don't really pose a threat to them at all, and that's why they're toying with us. 
if we really posed a threat, then I'd say we'd be enslaved by a higher alien overlord at this point. But we're just, we're stupid sea monkeys to these beings, if this is the case. Oh, we're like a group of ants working in a colony. We pose zero threat to these beings, which is why they leave these little breadcrumbs of knowledge for us to hopefully figure out on our own. It's entirely possible. I'll leave you with this. I'm going to read an encounter I had in Peebles, Ohio in 2003 involving a crop formation and men in black. On Wednesday, October 8th, 2003, I took another chance at investigating another crop formation in Peebles, Ohio. My first attempt fell short of any research at all due to a failing battery and the fact that I was kindly escorted off the property by three men who claimed to be off-duty officers watching for acts of vandalism. During my second attempt, I brought my camcorder again, this time with a backup battery. When I arrived near the property, I pulled into the parking lot of the Serpent Mound Park. This is directly across from the formation. There wasn't a soul for miles, no vehicles of any type, no wind. The sky was clear that day, and there was no visible wildlife. I powered up my camcorder as I walked into the field. The second that I set foot within the formation, my camera went black. I began to feel the same static feeling and the ache in my jaw as I did during my visit to the formation in Bainbridge, Ohio. I was almost knocked to the ground by a powerful gust of wind. As it began to get colder, a voice shot out from behind me saying, You're going to need to come out of there now, please. I turned around with whip action to see a very tall, very pale man. He was well built, wearing a state trooper uniform, without an ID badge, a hat, or a gun. He was wearing dark sunglasses. However, he just appeared out of thin air. There were no vehicles other than my own anywhere near either of us. It was almost as if he popped up out of the ground, fell from the sky, or teleported from an alternate dimension. I, I'm sorry, I wasn't aware that this was still a no trespassing zone, I said to the officer. He replied, turn off the camera, come away from the field, and get in your car, please. I was shocked that he was so calm and collected about the whole ordeal. Am I breaking any laws by being here? I'm just researching the area. Turn off the camera, get in your car, and go home. I will not report this if you comply, the officer replied. Finally, I walked out of the field and turned off my camcorder, as if it were really doing me any good with two failing batteries. I walked past the supposed officer, and all he did was stand in the same position that he had been standing in the entire time. His arms were folded, and his head turned to follow me as I walked by him. It was like walking past the Terminator. I got in my car and pulled out of the parking lot. There were still no other vehicles in sight. There was no way that he would have walked all the way from the police station. I drove past him and watched his movements in my rearview mirror. He turned around and walked directly into the field, then vanished into knee-high crops. I panicked. Where in the world could he have gone? I came to a screeching halt, and then I backed up my car to the same spot where he had been standing. 
Instantly on that very spot, my car died, and then it came back on after I attempted to start it. My digital meter display was showing all E's, no numbers. All of my radio stations had been reset, and my camera was working again. This time, it displayed full power. My wristwatch was behind the time by five and a half minutes, and my cell phone was wiped clear. The man who was supposedly an officer was missing. There was no sign of him anywhere in that field. I took off without looking back. On the way home, I called the local police in the area and explained the entire event to their dispatcher. He listened and seemed very interested. He went on to tell me about an onslaught of calls that he had received about UFO sightings within the last 24 hours and people calling and claiming to see strange animals and other bizarre encounters in the area. He believed me and said that he knows for a fact that the area that I was in was not zoned off and I had every right to be there, seeing as how I had permission from the landowner. He knew that there would be no reason for one of his guys or a state trooper to be within that area at that time. He wondered if that guy might be some loon impersonating an officer. I'm left wondering if the individual that I encountered was not a being of this realm, but possibly from another realm entirely. Savannah, Georgia, home to dozens of celebrated haunted houses and hundreds of ghost sightings. Savannah is often called the most haunted city in the United States, especially by its many ghost tour operators, who have often uh, begun with the visit to the city's historic cemetery, a tangle of stone tombs, eerie statues, and spooky trees laced with Spanish moss. Among the cemetery's resident ghosts is that of Gracie Watson, a six-year-old who died of pneumonia in 1889. Her ghost is said to haunt the life-size statue that stands over her grave, which, like several other funeral statues in the cemetery, are sometimes said to move as if they were alive, while the sound of children playing or crying is sometimes heard nearby. Savannah's Hampton Lilybridge House was built in 1797 and was relocated to its current location several years later. Despite the discovery of a mysterious crypt beneath the new property, which has never been opened, since then no fewer than 26 families have lived in the house and have complained of various ghostly going-ons that forced them to move out. These strange encounters included furniture moving around and doors locking themselves. The most famous haunted house in Savannah may be the Sorrel Weed House, which appeared in the opening shots of the 1994 film Forrest Gump, directed by Robert Zemeckis. The Sorrel Weed House is said to be the, haunted by at least two vengeful ghosts, the wife and the rival lover of a shipping merchant, Francis Sorrel, who built the house in 1840. Francis' wife, Matilda Sorrel, allegedly jumped to her death when she discovered her husband's infidelity. But historical researchers point out that by the time of her reported suicide, in a moment of lunacy, the Sorrell family had moved out to another property next door. The Whaley House, which is located in San Diego, California. 
Whaley House in San Diego is the most haunted house in America, according to Life magazine. This house was built in 1857 on the site of a former graveyard and gallows. Over the years, it has served as a family home, a grain store, the San Diego County Courthouse, the city's first commercial theater, a ballroom, billiard hall, and a school. It subsequently opened as a museum in 1960. The oldest resident ghost at Whaley House is said to be the convicted robber Yankee Jim Robinson, who was hanged in 1852 from a gallow that stood on the property. Before the house was built, according to a newspaper report, as the wagon holding him beneath the gallows moved away, Yankee Jim dragged his feet on the wagon for as long as possible before swinging like a pendulum and slowly strangling to death. Although Thomas Whaley, a settler and merchant, witnessed Yankee Jim's gruesome execution, he didn't pre- it didn't prevent him from purchasing the property a few years later and building a house there. But within a few weeks of moving in, the Whaley family reported hearing heavy footsteps as if made by boots of a large man. The reports of footsteps and other sounds have persisted for more than 100 years. The youngest daughter of the family, who lived in the house until 1953, was reportedly convinced that it was haunted by the ghost of Yankee Jim. And visitors of the museum in the 1960s also reported hearing a phantom walking noise. Other visitors say they've seen the ghosts of the Whaley family themselves and the ghost of a woman in a long skirt in former county courtroom. One parapsychologist reported that he saw a phantom dog running inside the house, similar to a fox terrier, the type of dog that was owned by the Wheelie family. Next location is Bachelors Grove Cemetery in Chicago, Illinois. This small cemetery in a forest of the outskirts of Chicago has earned a reputation of the most haunted graveyard in the United States, thanks to more than 100 documented sightings of ghosts, strange lights, and other suggestively supernatural episodes. During the 1950s, after an outbreak of vandalism at the remote site, several people claimed to have seen an entity, an entire phantom farmhouse shimmering above the graveyard, which receded as they approached it. Others say they've seen the ghost of a farmer and his plow horse who died when they were dragged to their death in a nearby pond. Some people driving on the roads near the cemetery at night have reported encounters with a phantom 1940s-style gangster car that appears on the road in front of them before turning off the road and disappearing. Others claimed to have crashed in the phantom car at a sharp curve into the road, but after the shock had passed, there was no damage to their vehicle and there was no other car. In 1991, the Chicago Sun-Times newspaper ran a celebrated photograph taken by a visitor to the graveyard showing what appeared to be the semi-transparent form of a woman in an old-fashioned dress sitting on a gravestone. The photographer, part of a paranormal research team, claimed that the woman was not visible when the photograph was taken. The figure in the photograph has become known as the Madonna of Bachelors Grove. It may be linked to the legend of the White Lady, the ghost of a woman buried next to her young child who is said to walk through the graveyard on nights of the full moon with the infant wrapped in her arms. Next on the list is in St. Louis, New Orleans, Louisiana, the St. Louis Cemetery. 
paranormal, the paranormal has a distinctive local flavor in New Orleans, which vies with uh, Savannah for the title of the most haunted city in America anyway. One of the city's most infamous haunted houses is the La La Laurie Mansion in the French Quarter. The mansion is the former home of Madame La Laurie, a wealthy widow and prominent socialite. In April 1834, after a fire at the house, rescuers found bound slaves in a secret torture chamber in the attic, who had been horribly tortured over a long period, and there were signs that others had been murdered there as well. If you remember, uh, I believe it was season five of American Horror Story, no, season three of American Horror Story, uh, Coven, and they dealt with uh, the vengeful spirit of Madame Lalaurie and showed all of the horrible acts that she committed against her slaves and the experiments she used her slaves for. Uh, when the discovery became known, the house was raided by an outraged mob of citizens, and Madame Lalaurie fled the city. Later occupants of the building have claimed it is still haunted by the ghosts of her victims. The St. Louis Cemetery, number one in New Orleans, has something of a reputation for the dead not staying in their graves. Among them, Marie Laveau, the city's historical queen of voodoo, who died in 1851, but who is said to materialize above the crypt where she is buried each St. John's Eve, which is June 23rd. The Myrtles Plantation at St. Francisville, just outside of New Orleans, is rumored to have been built on a Tunica Indian burial ground. At least 12 ghosts are said to haunt this location of the plantation grounds and buildings, including Chloe, a slave who had <clears throat> was accused of poisoning the family of the plantation owners. The ghosts of her victims and mother and daughter are reported to be trapped inside a mirror in the main house. The ghost of a later owner, William Winter, is said to haunt the main staircase of the plantation house. Winter died in 1871 after being shot by a stranger who approached the house. Winter staggered inside and climbed the stairs to the 17th step, where he died in his wife's arms. It is said his phantom footsteps can sometimes be heard on the staircase, climbing to the 17th step before stopping. Our next location, which is among the seven most haunted places in the United States, is Gettysburg, Pennsylvania. I myself spent a week in there, and the accounts that we witnessed, the paranormal activity that resides within this property, the whole location. If you were to build a subdivision in the middle of the field itself of Gettysburg, where the battles took place, Every single house would be haunted in this subdivision, not because of what took place in the houses, thus making it haunted, but the property itself would haunt the houses. It is the largest and deadliest battle in the American Civil War, and it took place in Gettysburg. In 1863, more than 8,000 combatants were killed at Gettysburg, and in the years since the bloody battle, an uncommon number of ghost stories have been linked to events and personalities on the battlefield. Several visitors to what is now the Gettysburg National Military Park have reported hearing sounds of battle, including phantom cannon fire and disembodied shouts or screams of ghostly soldiers. At a high rocky outcrop on the battlefield, it's called the Devil's Den. 
where heavy fighting took place on the second day of the battle, which was June, uh, July 2nd, 1836. Several visitors over the years claim to have heard the sound of drum rolls and gunfire. Devil's Den is also said to be haunted by the apparently friendly and sometimes talkative ghost of a soldier wearing a buckskin clothing, a large hat, and no shoes. Several ghost sightings have also been reported at the hill, called Little Round Top, where Confederate troops were forced back from an assault on the flank of the Union forces, also on July 2, 1863, an event regarded by many historians as a turning point in the battle. It has been claimed that some Civil War enactors, reenactors, I should say, who worked on the 1993 film Gettysburg, a dramatization of the battle, met and spoke with a man in a shabby Union Army uniform who gave them some musket rounds, which they assumed were movie props, but which they later learned were Civil War rounds in pristine condition. Legend tells that three Confederate soldiers were hanged at Sachs Bridge, a covered bridge a few hundred yards west of the Gettysburg battlefield. Some stories say the soldiers have deserted from their unit, while others say they were hanged as spies. The bridge is now a favorite site for ghost hunters, and some claim to have heard sounds of loud gunfire and galloping horses, while others reported seeing strange moving mists and unexplicable lights. Sachs Bridge was one line of retreat for General Robert E. Lee's defeated army of Northern Virginia over after the Union victory at Gettysburg. And the smell of smoke from the general's pipe has sometimes been reported nearby. The St. Augustine Light Station in St. Augustine, Florida. St. Augustine's Light Station may be best known as the hundreds of... Well, that's all for today and for this week. Keep watching the skies. Keep searching for Bigfoot. Watch out for Mothman. Keep battling demons. Entertain spirits and ghosts because they may need you to cross over for them to cross over. And also keep an eye out for UFOs. And if you're in a big body of water, watch out for mythological and cryptozoological water monsters such as Champ, Ogopogo, and Nessie. Have a great weekend. And keep me in mind for next week when you want to listen to a podcast. Hopefully this was way more entertaining than most. Thank you very much.